0: This is City AM Unregulated. I'm Emma Hazlitt. This week, how to be 96% happier in 10 minutes a day.
1: If you can just break out a few times during the day, it can have a a, a marked difference on how happy you are, how connected you are, how aware you are of your your place in the world.
0: Creativity author, Chris Barras-Brown.
1: So she picked up this puppy and she went onto this bus where all these VPs and presidents just ridiculed her. What she realised is over those 12 years, she had become the person she thought they wanted her to be. The work that we did with her got her to reconnect with that, and and I'm very, very grateful to say she's now picking up puppies every day and doing great work.
0: Welcome to City AM's Unregulated Podcast. I'm Emma Hazlitt. This week, my guest is leadership author, speaker, general action man guy, Chris Barras-Brown. So, Chris, your new project teaches us to be 96% happier in 10 minutes a day. How?
1: How? How? Uh, <laughs> well, it comes from a very simple principle. Um, we, we've all experienced driving a long distance and arriving at the destination. And yeah. We can't remember large chunks of that journey. And the reason that happens is that our conscious brain is incredibly thirsty. It's like a V8 gas guzzling machine. Um, so we try and save energy by using our subconscious. Now, mm-hmm. our subconscious is more like a Tesla. It's very efficient, because what it does is it looks... What's a nice a,
0: product placement. Do there, you like
1: right? that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to get one. Uh, <laughs> okay, e- cool. Elon's waiting good. Um, so, so the way it saves energy um, is it quite simply, it looks at the situation around you today and says, have I seen something like this before?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, if I have seen something like this before, I'm going to assume they're identical. And therefore, I'll do what I did last time. Um, therefore, what we tend to do is we tend to have quite a habitual life to save that energy and to become more efficient. Uh, now, it's brilliant for saving energy when we're driving long distances. But the truth is, it doesn't just happen when we drive. It happens every day of our life every time we go to work and we sit at the same desk every time we take that same commute to our offices every time we are living our lives hanging out with our loved ones
0: so the implication is that we're all drones just buzzing through life
1: interestingly there's been a lot of stuff done recently by insurance companies and the reason that's happened is obviously there's been quite a few accidents when when you look at them (laughs) they are literally on autopilot literally on autopilot, yeah and therefore obviously not necessarily as aware of the world around them as they could be when you do do any qualitative research what you'll find is that most people say i'm very aware when i have certain moments in my life when i have peak moments of awareness it might be when i'm you know waking up in the morning when i'm thinking about the intention of the day but actually by the time i get home at night if i think about the times that i actually remember with real connection real consciousness it's very few
0: wouldn't you be really tired if you were you know being super conscious about everything in your life all the time
1: Absolutely right. I mean, we can't possibly be conscious all the time. We would be exhausted. The problem is that over time, we, uh, we naturally start to to choose more habitual routines so the autopilot starts to go up
0: we become creatures of habit
1: we certainly do we certainly do and the reason it happens is that our subconscious obviously you know as it's running our life for us it's going to choose patterns that look more familiar quite naturally because then it can be more efficient so you know if you have a choice of taking you know the number 13 bus to work every day which you have uh, you know for the last 20 years it's going to go great that's the winner and it won't make you have to think about it so
0: Very recently, on episode fifty-four of the show, we had somebody come in and tell us about how to create habits. Are you saying that you don't want to create habits?
1: Yeah, no. So, (laughs) so habits are good for us as long as they're the ones that we choose deliberately. Yeah. So that you know, habits around health and nutrition, um, you know, those things can be incredibly useful because we know that as we go through our day, habits are going to start to take over because we have to live on autopilot a bit. So, actually, the the whole kind of philosophy of designing good habits I think is a smart thing to do However, what I would do is I would complement that with also trying to break out of habits a bit so that you remain more conscious throughout your day. If you can just break out a few times during the day, it can have a, a, a marked difference on how happy you are, how connected you are, how aware you are of your your place in the world.
0: But what is the point of doing that? Why would, why would I want to, you know, obviously being happy is great. Yeah, yeah. But being connected, being aware of your place, in the, what does that mean?
1: One of the things that I've noticed is it's very hard to be good at creativity if you can't step back from the busyness and answer a very simple question, which is what's needed here? Now, when you are on habit, you, you don't see the context. You don't see the opportunities because you just do what you did before. Therefore, um, I think to be a great creative, you need to be more conscious. You need to be more awake. So um, I started to kind of you know research all about consciousness through the creative pursuit. But what I've realized is that that actually it's not just creativity that suffers if we're not aware, if we just live our life on autopilot, it's um, our connection to the people in our lives. It's our connection to ourselves. What, what we've, we've noticed through um, a year's worth of experimenting with, with some of these activities is that people actually who've had all sorts of different challenges around things like anxiety, self-confidence, self-esteem, just by getting off autopilot more regularly, they feel much better.
0: You know, I was flicking through the book and it's got all these kind of little exercises that you should do Um, and one of them was just make a paper plane and one of them was write a song (laughs) yeah how does that help you come off autopilot
1: well um the the two that you've chosen there i think are particularly playful ones so um so yeah i mean i I like things like that because one of the challenges i think we often have in in our lives is that we take things a bit too seriously mm-hmm. so th- those are designed just to be fun playful things things that just put a bit of a smile on your face um you know I- i've had a number of people who've been climbing trees recently as a result of, <laughs> of my instruction who have actually you know some have, have basically reported that they're very good at climbing not so good at coming down which was quite fun <laughs> it's a
0: health and safety nightmare it is
1: a health and safety nightmare but most people recount the fact that it taps into a memory of what they were like when they were young and the fact that actually they used to climb trees, they felt as if it was quite a liberating experience. When they get up up, you know, high, they get this different vista and actually they have a different perspective on the world. And it's not supposed to be massive science and it's not supposed to be profound. But actually, if we can just spike our consciousness every day by doing something simple and fun, then chances are we have more of a chance to be a bit more awake.
0: One thing it actually it really reminded me of have you heard of Brian Eno's Oblique Strategy cards?
1: I have, yes.
0: Is it I mean was it inspired by that at all?
1: It wasn't, no. I'll just no. explain
0: what they are just for the listeners. Um it's a it's a kind of deck of cards that Brian Eno and someone else whose name I've forgotten came up with which has little exercises to help artists and songwriters and things like that improve their creativity or or get past blocks and one of them is, you know, add filters or my favorite I think was Make a blank valuable by putting it in an exquisite frame, which is, mm.
1: which is lovely and yeah, a really yeah.
0: great way to make money very easily. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, have you seen those? And have you kind of?
1: I have come across them before. Um, a, a, a friend of mine is a friend of his, so I, um, I think he showed me them in his studio once. But I you mean, know, there's lots of different stimulus out in the world that can help provoke new and different thinking. I would imagine somewhere in my subconscious, all of these things are swirling around, so maybe I should thank Brian one day. It might be part of the mix that helped me come up with it.
0: Hey, Emma here. Just interrupting myself to remind you to go onto iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and please, please rate us. And if you make me laugh with it, I will even read it out. Thanks. I found quite interesting about you is that you have a background in the army. Yeah. And you're all about the creativity. Can you be creative in the army?
1: What I learned there was that the one thing that you can control is how you show up when all these things are happening to you that are designed to test you. You have choice on, you know, your attitude, you know, how positive you are, the, the way that you, you know, you, you bring yourself to 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 play and I think that's a, a massive learning for me when it comes to creativity because actually when creativity is really flowing, it doesn't always work, right? You know, you get things wrong a lot of the time, and therefore you need to be able to choose how you deal with that. You know, do do you try again? Do you say, actually, I'm not very good at this?
0: How did you deal with it in the army? I'm picturing you with a beret on backwards or like uh, slightly untucked shirt. I,
1: I did have quite long hair under the beret. Ooh. Yeah, very rebellious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, for me, you know, when when people are shouting at you and you don't have any energy left and you feel like you want to break. I think the one choice that you've got of smiling gets you quite a long way, you know? And, and I, I think that's a good principle for everything. You know, life can feel enormously difficult and long and hard, but we can always choose to smile and find the positive, right?
0: Similarly, you know, you, you founded Upping Your Elvis.
1: Yeah, well, we help, we help companies get better at, at creativity. Simple as that. And we, we work with people like Nike and Coca-Cola and Unilever, lots of media companies. Mm-hmm. And um, we help their people, you know, shine more brightly through having better ideas every day.
0: It, it must be hard to speak to people who work in this corporate culture. Can you be creative in corporate culture at all?
1: Yeah, well, I think you can especially be creative in corporate culture. Um, I mean, that's where you need it, right? So,
0: I'm slightly baiting you there.
1: Yeah, um, everybody has you know, creative ability and um, we just need to tap it. A lot of the time we just forget that we've got the ability to be creative. So a lot of our job is just helping them reconnect with it. Um, also, I think one of the problems with uh, with, with corporations and creativity is we often think we have to save it for special occasions it's for new product development innovation and you know new adverts and actually the truth is you can be creative about everything you do in work you can run meetings differently you can recruit differently you can you just have a bit more fun in what you do and quite frankly i think if you just have a bit more humanity going on in business then creativity naturally comes out the problem is that we tend to emulate our leaders we socialize the norms next thing you know we're not who we are so a lot of our job is helping just get people to reconnect with that
0: there's a really lovely story where you talk about picking up puppies. I want to hear it again.
1: I get to run um, retreats at my house down in Lyme Regis. And um, it's, a, it's a wonderful environment for helping people kind of reconnect with who they are. And we had this lady there, Stacey, who works for one of the biggest companies um, on the planet. And on the first day, she came in slightly spiky and a little bit bristly. And she was obviously very professional and got a lot done. But she wasn't quite herself. And we went through a five-day workshop with her. And at the end of it, we got to kind of say, what was your big learning? And she recounted this story. So she said um, when she started at this organisation, 12 years before, she was a graduate trainee and she came in all shiny and enthused and positive about life. And in the second week working there, She went on what us marketers would would call an insight immersion. When you go off and you see how real people use your products. Now, she lives in Durban, so that meant she went to a township where people with less um, resources uh, were using their products for cooking and cleaning and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite an emotive experience, as you can probably imagine. Um, On the way back to the air-conditioned bus with all the VPs and presidents, um, she heard this noise coming from a disused tyre by the side of the road, so she went to investigate and within it, she found three abandoned puppies. Now, she knew she I couldn't. You'd love that. I would love that. Yeah, well, she knew she couldn't, um She couldn't save them all, but she could save one. So she picked up this puppy That's and true. she went onto this bus where all these VPs and presidents just ridiculed her. <laughs> they were like, "Come on, Stacey, you have to, you have to harden up. That's not professional. You can't be emotional about work. Um, you know, you won't get on in this business if you carry That's on that just way." Just being
0: emotional about puppies.
1: <laughs> well, it is. Work. I mean, you know, it's it's just you know tapping into, you know, what, what, you know, touches you. And in this particular case, she knew she had to do something about it. But obviously what she realised is over those 12 years, she'd done exactly that. She had become the person she thought they wanted her to be. She'd become professional. She'd become tough. She'd been mentally resilient and and parked her emotions at the door. And she realised she'd stopped picking up puppies. And, and therefore, in that time, she wasn't really being herself. She wasn't loving her work. She wasn't bringing her unique... Innate creative ability to play every day. So, um, the work that we did with her got her to reconnect with that, and, and I'm very, very grateful to say she's now picking up puppies every day and doing great work, which is really what Up in Your Elvis is all about.
0: If there was a job where I could pick up puppies every day. I would take it immediately.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Dad, it pays great.
0: <laughs> I, I think you get paid in just the rewarding glow of puppies all day. Just the licks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the licks. So, so tell us a bit more about you know. Give us an example of one of your clients and, and what's happened since you've worked with them.
1: Yeah, so um, I mean, we with all sorts of clients around the world, but you know, one that's quite close to home is ITV. So we've been working with those guys for about six or seven years now. And um, we've been helping them engage in more creativity every day. And uh, one simple example that, that I could talk about is that when they were um, trying to get a new sponsor for Coronation Street, coronation street was losing viewers and therefore they didn't expect to get you know too much money but they used our approaches for it and um and as a result they got the biggest tv deal in european history wow um so so very very simple stuff it's all about just applying creativity to what you do in that particular case instead of you know getting people in a room and showing a lot of powerpoints they got them to go on set they got the actors to pitch the idea they got them involved in it so they could feel the whole emotion of it it's simple, simple things that just mean that you get way more value out of your thinking.
0: And what kind of advice did you give them that spurred them to do that?
1: Well, I think that's that's a simple principle, which is which is all about making things real. So I I think when my clients spend too much time behind closed doors debating the future, looking at numbers and analysis, that's when things go horribly wrong. When people go out into the world and they try things and they get, you know, real data back from it and they engage more of their subconscious then there's more of a chance they're going to do great creative work and that's what they did brilliantly there at itv
0: so just to kind of finish off i wanted to i wanted you to take our listeners through five exercises right now that will get them off autopilot that they can just do the minute they stop listening to this podcast
1: so one that was particularly popular when uh, we had a lot of bloggers take part in these for a year and one of the bloggers was uh, was running a pub <clears throat> and, and he loved this one. Um, it's called uh, Share the Love. And what you have to do is find one person a day and share with them what you love about them. Oh. Now, he, he found that quite intimidating because he was, he was from quite, you know, an alpha kind of background where they apparently expressed their emotions with their fists, okay? So this was quite uh, a sensitive thing for him to do. So you have to kind of get through that a little bit. But he loved it because not only did it make better relationships with the people that he was working with, he found that by... Sharing the love, he would spot more positivity in people every day. So therefore, he'd be more attuned to the good, which is a cool thing to do. So there's number one, share the love. I personally would recommend my favourite, which is spend the first 10 minutes outside every morning, quietly, without any digital distractions, just pondering what's important today. I love that one. Okay, that's two. Another one, which is great fun, is um, cook from scratch. Mm. So don't eat anything that has already been produced and what you tend to find from that is you become a lot more tuned to what your body craves you get a, bit, a lot more tuned as to what good food is and the energy that it can give you very simple thing to do okay. but it makes you a lot more mindful of things
0: banish ready meals
1: banish ready meals i'll get rid of those straight away quite a good one for for getting more of a sense for where you're at and kind of processing things is called talk it out and I think this is particularly good you know there's a lot of stuff at the moment about mental health and a lot of the issues with mental health is people don't talk about stuff so this is a wonderful way of getting stuff off your chest what you do is you just grab a buddy and you go for a walk and you take it in turns to talk flat out as fast as you can without editing yourself for seven and a half minutes each okay all your buddy does is just listen and what tends to happen when you do it is you tend, to, um, you tend to get rid of your usual story from your conscious brain. And if you talk fast enough, you start to let things bubble up from your subconscious, which can often give you a very new perspective on who you are, what's important to, to you right now, what things you should spend your time and energy on. But it's also a wonderful release. And it helps you connect with the with buddy.
0: No hesitation, repetition or deviation.
1: Well, to be honest, <laughs> you can often go back to stuff because that's kind of the way that the subconscious works, but but certainly just go flat out because we don't want to censor yourself. And then I'd go for the last one. I'd go for something silly. So um, dance every day, stick on your favourite tune, crack it to 10 and uh, make some shapes. You would be amazed at how many people have taken part in that and have been doing it every day ever since because it has a huge impact on you, you know, as far as your overall energetic state is concerned. It just makes us feel good getting a wiggle on. And um, and there's a lot of research that shows that of all the things that you can do, it's probably one of the best exercises for delaying dementia. So get a boogie on.
0: What song do you dance to?
1: Uh, It's got to be a bit of Stevie Wonder, Superstition.
0: You're a classic. Okay, well, let's head off and do that right now. (laughs) Chris, thank you very much for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: With thanks to Chris Barras-Brown and, of course, producer Jamie Wareham, this has been City AM's Unregulated podcast. If you enjoyed this week's show, remember to check out episode 54, which is basically complimentary. Subscribe in all the very many places that podcasts live. And email advertising at audioboom.com to bring your brand to our ABC1 millennial audience. And tweet me at Emma Hazlitt with two Ts with what you do that makes you feel awake. Thanks. See you next week. City AM Unregulated is an Audioboom production.